0: The Dark Lord of Mordor The Necromancer of Dol Guldur The Ringmaker Sauron It is fitting, perhaps, that we begin our series discussing Tolkien's most well-known works by first discussing the Lord of the Rings himself, Sauron. Although Sauron is most commonly envisioned as a great lidless eye wreathed in flame, ever watching atop the dark tower of Barad-dûr, Sauron has a deeper story than his presence in the Lord of the Rings Trilogy. While this short video is far too limited in scope to cover every aspect of Sauron's backstory, I hope to convey enough of it to enlighten people beyond just the story presented in the films. Sauron, originally named Myron, is one of the Ainur, an order of ancient beings created by the deity Eru Iluvatar, in order to shape the world of Arda, which is where Middle-earth is located. Sauron specifically is a Maya, immortal and powerful, but less so than the other beings that make up the Ainur, the Valar. Sauron was one of the most powerful of the Maiar, if not the most powerful, but he was good and uncorrupt in the beginning, loving order and perfection. Sauron served during this time under one of the Vela known as Aule, a great builder and craftsman, and Sauron too learned the art of forging. In time, however, Sauron was converted to a darker side. Melkor, one of the Valar, was opposed to the other beings of his order, seeking instead to control Arda himself. He began to influence Sauron to join him, using Sauron's love of order and coordination to sway him away from the confusion and waste that the other Ainur brought. For some time, Sauron worked secretly amongst the Ainur, spying on them for Melkor, while still pretending to be on their side. Eventually, however, Sauron openly joined Melkor and became his lieutenant, taking part in the war against the Ainur. Melkor's story is for another time, but throughout the First Age he, along with Sauron, had conquered much of Middle-earth uncontested and defeated the great kingdoms of the elves. Melkor, known by this time as Morgoth, turned captured elves into orcs, as well as utilized trolls dragons, balrogs, and other foul creatures. With the culmination of the War of Wrath at the end of the First Age, however, Melkor was defeated and banished into the timeless void. Sauron escaped his fate after the war and was commanded to come before the Valar for judgment and rehabilitation, but instead he fled and hid in Middle-earth. Roughly 500 years later, Sauron reappeared and set out to continue his original plans of organizing and controlling Middle-earth. Though his original motives for this weren't entirely evil, he eventually became consumed by his own will, and would stop at nothing to control Middle-earth. Sauron, who, like the other Ainur, could take other forms, assumed a beautiful appearance, and came before the elves, calling himself Anatar, meaning Lord of Gifts. He hinted that he was an emissary of the Valar, but not all of the elves trusted him. Regardless, he befriended the elven smiths of Eregion, and assisted them in making the rings of power, seven for various dwarf lords, and nine to powerful human men. Three rings were made for the elven kings, but these were constructed by Celebrimbor, the leader of the smiths, without the assistance of Sauron. In secret, Sauron then forged the One Ring in the fires of Mount Doom, transferring much of his power and essence into it. With the One Ring, he could control the other rings, as well as enhancing his own natural power of dominating minds. The Elves, however, detected his influence when he put on the One Ring, and immediately hid the Nineteen Rings of Power. Thus began Sauron's war against the Elves, during which he conquered much of Middle-earth. And reclaimed the rings meant for the dwarves and men. The dwarves proved resilient to the dominating power of the rings, but the nine men fell under Sauron's control, and eventually became the Nazgul. The Nazgul, or Ringwraiths, led by the Witch-King of Angmar, were Sauron's most loyal and useful servants, completely bound to his will. The elves continued to keep their three rings hidden, thus preventing them from meeting a similar fate. Eventually, however, Sauron and his armies were defeated by the elves with the assistance of the armies of Numenor, an island continent of men to the west of Middle-earth. Sauron retreated to Mordor and began rebuilding his army over many centuries. He eventually decided it was time again to retake over Middle-earth, but the Numenorians returned yet again, and Sauron could see he was no match for their armies. The king of Numenor demanded he return with them as a hostage which delighted Sauron, as he seeked to destroy Numenor from within. In a few short years, Sauron became the king's most trusted advisor, and eventually convinced the Numenorians to rebel against the Valar, in order to seize immortality for themselves. Then, Eru Iluvatar himself directly intervened, sinking Numenor, drowning the navy, and crushing the army with mountains of rock. Sauron, his physical body destroyed, but retaining his spirit, returned to Mordor to rebuild his body and regain his strength. A few Numenoreans survived, and led by Elendil, they founded the kingdoms of Gondor and Arnor in Middle-earth. Sauron, despite not having his full strength returned, decided to attack the new kingdoms of men before they could grow too strong. Elendil formed an alliance with Gilgalad, the king of the elves, in order to oppose Sauron. After defeating his armies and laying siege to Sauron's stronghold of Barad-dûr for seven years, Sauron himself finally emerged. After dueling both Elendil and Gilgalad, galad slaying them both, Elendil's son Isildur cut the ring from Sauron's hand, vanquishing the Dark Lord and bringing about an era of peace. Sauron, however, was not permanently destroyed as he would always exist as long as the one ring containing part of his essence existed. Isildur kept the ring for himself due to its corrupting nature, but shortly after was killed by orcs, leaving the ring to be lost at the bottom of a river for centuries. Sauron hid in the stronghold of Guldur in Mirkwood Forest, slowly regaining his strength and commanding the Nazgul from afar. The White Council, consisting of various elves and wizards, including Gandalf, Galadriel, Saruman, and Elrond, eventually drove the still-weakened Sauron from Dol Guldur. Sauron returned to Baradur in Mordor, where he took on the form of a large, lidless eye atop his tower, openly declaring his presence. Much of Sauron's remaining story is familiar to those acquainted with the Lord of the Rings. Sauron once again exerted his influence over Middle-earth, drawing it ever closer to darkness and destruction. At the climax of the War of the Ring, a hobbit named Frodo Baggins had secretly brought the One Ring all the way to Mount Doom, and before Sauron and his Nazgul could prevent it, it fell into the fires. Baradur collapsed as an earthquake shook Mordor, and Mount Doom erupted in a cataclysmic explosion, destroying itself as well as the Nazgul. With this, Sauron's physical form was irrevocably destroyed, as well as the great majority of his power leaving him forever diminished. While many people regard Sauron as a classic fantasy villain, unwaveringly evil, it's interesting to see his backstory and his beginnings. While in today's world of fiction, a villain like Sauron doesn't seem terribly original, Sauron in the Lord of the Rings has influenced almost every piece of fantasy fiction in the last 60 years. While this was a very short summary of Sauron's story, I hope that it perhaps has enlightened some of you to the scope of Tolkien's work beyond just the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and given you some new insights into the Dark Lord of Mordor.